Hey, this is senior Ryan King, and you're listening to the State of Marauders podcast sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state for high school sports. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the State of the Marauders podcast, where we will cover everything about your St. Peter's Prep Marauders. This week, we're going to discuss how the spring programs have opened up their season, plus find out how senior wrestlers Pat Adams and Sean Mandero did in the state tournament. On the State of the Marauders hotline this week, we, we have some, some very special guests, including rugby head coach Mike Fletcher, senior Eli Blumenfeld, and track head coach Chris Caulfield of the class of 2003. Also, guess who's back? The big man himself, Rich Hansen, will be on for his segment of the 80s Corner as we get his thoughts on everything that's happened this week with your Marauders, so stay tuned for that. As always, you can find us on your listening devices on Apple, on Spotify, on Anchor, Google Podcast, you name it, we're there. So be sure to search State of the Marauders or click on our social media profile at SOT Marauders to see all of our exclusive Marauder content. As always, I am your host, Renato Rodriguez, along with my excellent co-host, Chris Amaral, Jay Post. Guys, how are we feeling this week? Feeling pretty good this week. We got a lot to talk about for our Marauders and some excellent guests, some guests that I think Jay and I, or at least I do, can really enjoy speaking with them and hearing their thoughts on things. Mr. Caulfield, Mr. Fletcher, Eli Blumenfeld, two teachers and a kid that I had the pleasure of speaking to, you know, a few times during my time at St. Peter's. Mr. Caulfield and Mr. Fletcher, obviously two shining lighthouses of St. Peter's prep. Like that. Yeah, to lead you to the to the Magis, of course. Uh, so you know, it's good to it's good to have a couple of guys like that on to you know explain the things that they're passionate about and some big seasons coming up for them. Some more to review for the start of the baseball season, start of the tennis season, crew still steaming along, wrestling results, you know, and a whole lot more. So it's exciting to be back with this much to talk about. Yeah, I mean. You know, a couple of, you know, some of the great, great intellectual powerhouses of St. Peter's Prep, obviously, Mr. Caulfield, Mr. Fletcher, two uh, stellar teachers. I, I, I only had one of them, Mr. Caulfield, but obviously a very, very enjoyable experience in his class. In AP literature, just a great teacher, very, very good at connecting with uh, students. I can see why he's had so much success at the track program. And of course, Eli Blumenfeld, you know, really coming to bring some rugby knowledge to the podcast, which is, of course, nice to see. And I had Fletcher, too, during my time at Prep, which is still a long time ago. So Fletcher's always been the guy. I love him. You know, he's really right down the hall for me now as a teacher at Prep. So it's always good to, to talk with, with, the, with the big man. And, of course, Chris Caulfield. We, we talk hockey all the time. One of my favorite guys at Prep as well. So it's, it's great to have such great guys representing Prep on this week's episode of the podcast. But... My calendar says, guys, that we're still in the month of April, right? That's just that, that's right. We're still in April, correct? That would be correct. So the saying goes that April showers brings May flowers. But it's been so beautiful to start off this month, and the outdoor spring sports are in full swing. So we sat down with the outdoor teams with rugby head coach Mike Fletcher, senior Eli Blumenfeld, and track head coach Chris Carfield, class of 2003 to preview the upcoming seasons on this week's 
State of the Mars Hotline. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the interviews. Welcome to the State of the Marauders Hotline, sponsored by Siabra's Market, located on 1315 Galloping Hill Road in Union, New Jersey. You'll find a huge variety of products in our stores, from the freshest fruit and vegetables to the tastiest meat and fish. Visit your local Siabra's Market store today. I am here with rugby head coach Mike Fletcher and senior Eli Bloomfield. Guys, welcome to the podcast. How are we feeling today? Feeling good. Thanks for having us here. Feeling good. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So as, as we know from the other spring programs, this is the first time in two years that you all will be competing as a team, right, because of the COVID scenario. So how has the transition been for you guys overall as you adapt to the new COVID regulations? Well, we actually managed to squeeze one in at the beginning of March last year against St. Joe's okay. Philly. But you you are correct. It's it's been a long time for us. So sure, you know, it hasn't been easy. In the off season we did Zoom workouts. So we would uh, have our, our cameras on and you know, follow a workout all together, trying to build that sense of community. And for the past few months we've been having practice with mask on and just trying to get back in the groove. It's real hard to realize that you no, know, we haven't been physical in over a year. So haven't made a tackle, haven't set a ruck, haven't set a mall. So there's a lot of mess going on there. And we also had to shut down for two weeks for, uh, you know, we test, had a positive test there. And so I'm, I don't think I'm exactly where I thought I would be at this point. The Zoom workouts just don't cut it. There's, there's, right. no, there's no substitute for actually getting out there right. uh, on the pitch together. So... so- you guys have only had two more weeks left before graduation happens, right? So what, what is the next step for you post-prep? And secondly, what legacy do you want to leave behind to the prep community? Sure. So, you know, I got two, le- uh, two weeks left of school. I'm going to go to college, maybe play some rugby there. We'll see. Legacy, I, I built some legacy with clubs like Make SPP and the Hebrew Club. And hopefully this rugby team continues to grow in both in size and in uh, – and ranking and hopefully good things to come. So who do you guys think are gonna be the unsung heroes for this team this year to help you get to where you are? I think uh, the freshmen who have really showed true commitment to the team, I think they're the future of the team. And I've really admired their work ethic and uh, their willingness to come to practices, even if they're not in school on that day, their willingness to show up and put their heart out for the team. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that, too. Uh, there's a couple uh, freshmen in particular. So Egan and and Rutledge. Uh, Rutledge has a knowledge for the game. He's played a little youth rugby, really smart, and they're persistent, both of them, every practice, all the time, doing the best they can. We have also had a senior join us for the first time, Gavin O'Farrell. I, I can't speak highly enough about the kid. He has a little rugby in his background, and he's stepped up and uh, got a key position for us this year. Excellent. So, yeah. Excellent, excellent. So what is the schedule looking like for you guys this year? How many games are we going to play? And is it more or less the same as a normal schedule, you'd say? Well, it's definitely not a normal schedule. On a normal schedule, we usually travel a little bit more. Okay. I mean, that was what's uh, so depressing of uh, last year. We had our first international travel to Scotland. Oh, wow. And so it was hard to rebound from that. Usually we start our season off or during the year we go up to Fairfield Prep and battle it out in the Jesuit tournament up there. Obviously, that's not happening this year. And usually during regular season, we'll host uh, 
another team from out of state or something like that too. This year's schedule, we're just playing Del Barton, CBA, and St. Augustine's a home and away. So we play them each uh, once. Um, so that's what's going to be this year. Uh, we actually got Sunday at 1 o'clock. Sunday at uh, 1 o'clock. Del Barton's coming in. You know, usually, traditionally, we'd have two sides. We'd have, you know, our varsity side and our JV side. This year, we're just down to one side. Our numbers are down a little bit. So hopefully, we can work it out with the other teams that maybe they can uh, compensate. And we can try to get a lot of the younger underclassmen, younger guys, uh, run on the field, too. You guys play your home games at JFK Field right across the way? We do. So is there an advantage playing there compared to going to, like, all the other sites, other fields that you might play rugby at? I mean, you get a great view of the city. An advantage is just, you know, for fans, more more family showing to showing their support. A lot of our games are pretty far away. So having less travel and more people you know come to the game is really an advantage. Yeah, there's nothing like playing at home, though. You know, representing, representing prep, being on that home field. So uh, the view is awesome. It is a little bit smaller. It's cut a little bit differently. But just that sense of presence. When we had that team in from uh, Melbourne, Australia a few years ago, they really, really liked the field, really liked the view. It was uh, quite unique, I think, having a field like that in a city. Right. So, so with us approaching opening day, as you mentioned Sunday, what are your expectations as a team and then as well as individual level for this upcoming season? Well, to be serious, I'm just trying to make it through this year. You know, our numbers are down. We don't have a lot of upperclassmen. It's going to be a challenge getting through all six matches intact. So, so that's where I'm at. Uh, you know, I don't want to lose a sight also, too, of this being uh, an immense lot of fun. So, you know, so trying to balance those two, trying to be competitive, trying to get through the season, but also, you know, trying to have fun. This is something that, that, that I love doing. I know a lot of the kids love doing it, too. Hopefully we can keep that moving forward also. Yeah, um, just as a, as a teammate, you know, it's been a while since I've really played rugby, so just getting the opportunity to get out there on the pitch and play for really the first time in quite, quite some time against some actual, someone, you know, other than other prep students, it's really going to be fun. And I'm really just looking forward to having a season at all. So lastly, is there anything that you would like to say to the Marauder FIFA that's listening out there? Let's go prep. Let's show up to these rugby games. Let's get our guys pumped, you know, in a safe manner, of course, but I would, I'd love to see some Marauder Nation support at the rugby games this year. Support, support, support. That's how you win rugby. And that was rugby head coach Mike Fletcher and senior Eli Blumenfeld. Guys, thank you once again for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I am here with the head of the track program, Coach Chris Caulfield of the class of 2003. Chris, welcome to the podcast, and how are we feeling today? Thanks a lot for having me. I feel good. Just got back from uh, from a meet, and we we had some two – some really good performances. So feeling good. So how has the team adjusted throughout the year so far with indoor track and now starting with outdoor track with all the COVID protocols that have been put in place? Yeah, it's a great question. We, we normally would have an indoor track season, but I kept referring to our season this year as a winter track season because <laughs> we did polar bear meets. So we were outside in the cold, basically the entire time, you know, we, we, we had a rough February because of all the snow. We couldn't really get out there certain weeks. But, you know, I, I got to give credit to the kids. They they worked hard. We were able to get a bunch of polar bear meets in during March. 
and they're definitely ready for outdoors. I mean, they're they're in really good shape and they're they're prepared for it. So, you know, I'm looking for some really, really great things to happen for us in the spring, and I'm excited about it. And this team with with as you mentioned, the quote unquote indoor track, outdoor track, cross country, they've been successful year in and year out not only on the county level, but also in the state level as well. So so how are you guys able to maintain such great successes each and every year? Yeah, I think I think really this is something that when I was even an assistant and, you know, I ran for prep too when I was a student, I think I always, I always noticed that prep had kind of the full package when it comes to track and field. You know, we weren't just distance heavy. We have great sprinters. We have, you know, we've had great throwers, you know, very recently, great jumpers and great. And now we're really like a great distance program as well. And I think we're, we've kind of put it all together. When I first started, we were a little bit sprint heavy and now maybe we're a little distance heavy, but we're really spread out well. And I think that's what helps us to compete at the state level. I think before when we weren't competing on the state level, it's because we just weren't able to spread out the events. We were losing points in a bunch of events and then we were doing really well in some events. So now I think because we just have great athletes in the school is is the end result. You know, I, I think it's great for me to be in the building and to find guys and the word to get spread and to for guys to come out. We have a bunch of new guys out for this outdoor season and they're all already contributing to the team. So, you know, we're we're a really lucky program. And I tell a lot of people that because the kids at prep are, you know, not only great athletes, but just great students and they're dedicated. You know, that's the main thing. I think that's what we preach as a program. We want our guys to be dedicated to the sport, you know, no matter what. And even if they're doing another sport, we make it work. And I think that's another thing that makes the program really successful. And you talked about that you had a bunch of athletes within the outdoor track team this year. Who 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 are some of those those athletes that are going to be relying upon to get you where you want to be this year? Yeah, and we will be relying on those athletes, that's for sure, because <laughs> I can tell you when it gets to like the state level, especially the group level when we're going up against the likes of a Union Catholic and a CBA program that historically have kind of bested us we're going to lean on some really strong senior leadership for us. So my captains, you know, Rodolfo Sanchez, he's probably going to quadruple at the state meet. My other captain, Edwin Clanky, he's going to quadruple. My wow. other my other captain, Joey Marone, he's going to quadruple. So, you know, we're we're going to we're going to put a big emphasis on those those core group of guys contributing. And then we have some, you know, younger or at least sprinters that are coming back next year. So Fitzroy, Legister, he's probably going to quadruple at the state meet. Sam Slade's definitely going to be doing multiple events. And, uh, you know, we're going to lean on these guys. And we have some some young guys, too, that I think can make some really strong impacts as well. And, you know, the other thing I'd say is for our our, you know, our senior group, you throw in a Jack Sipperly who is going to definitely help us in the 800 at the state level. And then Alex Schimmel, who's a sophomore. And on the sprint side, Jamey Shank, who is a sophomore as well. I think all of those guys are really going to end up contributing. And some of our newcomers, you know, 
I think can can actually contribute at the state level, depending on what events we put them in. You know, we'll we'll figure that out as we go, I suppose. So since we started this podcast, pretty much in the quote unquote indoor track season, quote unquote, talk to the folks out there about how the cross country team did in the fall. Yeah, so cross country, we we started with a big bang. We ran the fastest average in the state and it and it held throughout the season. So we technically had the fastest team average in the state of New Jersey throughout. No one ran faster than us. And what the average is, it's they take the top five guys and they just take all the times and they average them together. And that's your team average. And so our top five guys really, really killed it at that first meet. And I think that set the tone for the season. They knew that they could really do something great. And we knew that we wouldn't have a group championship because of COVID, but we knew that we would have a sectional championship. So, you know, right at the beginning of the season, that was our goal. County championship, sectional championship. And sure enough, the guys did it really. And I would say towards the end of the season, we ran into some roadblocks, you know, some injuries, things like that. And a lot of those guys, they kind of grit, you know, had to grind through that last race, the sectional race, because we were not at 100%. They were still able to take the victory pretty significantly. So, uh, you know, the cross-country season was great, and it's definitely going to bleed into this outdoor season, I think, and and be a big reason for our success. So what are your total expectations for the outdoor track season? So, you know, we always try to look at it in kind of like stages and levels. And I think, obviously, we're looking to repeat as county champions again. That's kind of always our our first level or focus. And then the state level, it's going to be an interesting format. They're going to combine the group meet and the sectional meet on the same day. So they're going to score two different meets at the same time, which is kind of funny to think about. But I got to be honest, and, you know, I say it every year, but I, our goal is, the, is a state title. You know, we've never, we've never won an overall group title. We have won uh, – we won the sectional title in 2017 and uh, 2019. I believe we would have won it last year too, um, you know, if we hadn't been shut down. But, you know, I, I, you, we definitely are looking to the section. But with the meets combined, we're saying to ourselves, why not – why not a group championship for us? Like I said, we can spread out the events. And if I lean on that core senior group and all those guys are quadrupling, I do really believe that we can score enough points to, you know, take that victory. And if we did, you know, uh, I think the entire program, I mean, it would be, it would be the greatest accomplishment that we've ever experienced. So, you know, we would just be over the moon. And lastly, is there anything that you would like to say to all the Marauder faithful listening out there? You know, I think I'd like to say that sometimes track can be hard to get out to. Uh, you know, everyone loves to go to games and, right. and things like that, and track meets can be long. But, you know, what I would say is if you can, you know, especially if there's a meet at Lincoln Park, just stop by for an event or two even and cheer some guys on because I think – that would go a long way because, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily have a, a huge crowd other than the parents and family members that come. So, you know, if you get the chance, Lincoln Park, not that far from from prep, you know, stop by and you'll, you'll get to see some of your classmates do some really great things, you know, run times that are probably top 
top times in the state. And, you know, I, I think you'd, you'd enjoy seeing it. So I, I hope to see people out. That's what I would say. And that was the head of the track program, Coach Chris Caulfield, Class 2003. Chris, thank you once again for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate it. So thank you to Mike, Eli, and Chris for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. And normally, ladies and gentlemen, we would break down our projections, our previews for each sport. But there's just so much going on with the spring sports this week. So many results to go over, which is going to go right into the action, okay? So in wrestling, we had two individual efforts by Pat Adams, Sean Rondero. They went down to Phillipsburg to compete in the state tournament on Saturday at 126 and 132 pounds, respectively, to end the wrestling season, see if they get that, that state crown. And unfortunately, while Pat did not get a chance to be on the podium, he won one and lost two. Sean ended up being in fourth place out of the possible eight wrestlers that could be on the podium. So he gets a medal. So great job by Sean. We got a medal. All right. Let's go. Clap it up. Great job by Sean. And also, we forgot to mention on last week's episode, but Pat did achieve a big milestone, 100 career wins with the program. So great job. Congratulations to Pat. You're going to be on that batter with Sean by next year. So that's going to be great to see in the gym every day once we head into Wesley season next season. And I just want to give a big thank you to both of them for their contribution to the wrestling program throughout their four-year careers. You know, getting 100 wins is not an easy task. So they were great for the four years. Great job to them. Thank you again for all your contributions. And as always, follow at SPP Wrestling on both Twitter and Instagram for all of your wrestling updates. So, Chris, talk to us about what happened with the golf team this week. So, golf had a pretty busy week. One matchup and one invitational going on. They went up against St. Joe's Regional on a par 35 course at the Knickerbocker Country Club on Thursday, in which they would suffer a six-stroke loss on the par 35 course, 174 to 168. Obviously, lower score wins. Titus Cook and Garrick Shannon would shoot a 42, a plus seven. Liam Richardson and Santo Petroselli shot a 45, a plus 10. Ryan Byington shot a 48, plus 13. And Griffin Burke shot a 52, plus 17. So that's an unfortunate loss to drop the record to, I believe. That would be one and two now. They would also compete at the Blue Devil Invitational on Monday. The team as a whole would shoot 350, which was 18th place in that Invitational. And, of course, they moved to one and two on the season. For updates on their progress as the year moves on, as they look to gain some experience and pick up some wins, follow them on Twitter at SPP underscore golf for all their updates. So, so Jay, our, our residential volleyball expert, what what happened with the team this week? I know they had a lot of games start up their week. How did they do? It's a pretty eventful week and pretty up and down one as well for the Marauder volleyball team. They started off in county play with Ferris, a team. You know, traditionally, St. Peter's had a pretty, you know, significant upper hand on, and that continued into 2021. They won 2-0 straight sets, 25-9, 25-11. Big day for the seniors. Timothy Jimenez got a kill, three digs, five assists, 11 service points, and eight aces, including a four-in-a-row streak. Aiden Nepito got three kills, six digs, two assists, 11 service points, three aces. Ryan Karbonicek, the big man in the middle, got one kill, 
seven service points and four aces, which is has to be a record given that I've probably seen Ryan get four aces in my two years of watching him at the varsity level combined. Against West Milford, they lost in straight sets, however, uh, as well as against Hillsborough in their next game. These are you know two top ten teams, respectively, out of county, but two straight set losses. Both, you know, were kind of close, but you, you could see development. You know, they lost 25 to 14 and 25 to 22 to West Milford. Aiden Apito led the way with four kills, six digs, and two service points. Timothy Menez got six digs and four assists. Pius Memo got four kills, and US Joseph Brief got four digs as well. They really started to show some growth against Hillsborough, where they lost in straight sets, but 25-23 and 25-23 the second time. You know, it's a it's a location where traditionally St. Peter's Prep have, you know, struggled to win games. You know, I've, I've seen some horrors in the Hillsborough High gym. But Timothy Menez, you know, the captain, the leader, led the way with a kill, a block, two digs, ten assists, three service points, and an ace. Aiden Pito got six kills, seven digs, five service points, two aces. Carmen Uchek got three kills. Andrew Fernandez, who got the start at Libero for his start, first start of the season, came up big with five digs and six service points, as well as two aces. They then went against St. Joe's Metuchen, another top 10 team, on Saturday and got their first out-of-conference win of the season in a straight set victory, 25-23, 25-23. Andrew Fernandez came up huge in the libero spot in his second start with 17 digs, as well as an assist and three service points. Timothy Menez got 17 assists, as well as four digs and four service points. Pius Wemba had 12 digs in a new role on the right side, as well as an assist and five service points. Inapito got 10 kills, a season high for him, as well as six gig digs, seven service points, and an ace. Joseph Priest chipped in with four kills, one dig, four service points, and one ace. Prep Volleyball moves to 2-2 two and two on the season, and you can follow all your updates necessary at SPPVball on Instagram. And, Jay, I think I had to go to all the volleyball games because the, the, the two games, if you guys follow me on social media at RRodriguezSPP, the two volleyball games that I've been to have been the two wins against St. Joe's Metuchen and Affair. So, so does this mean I have to go to every game now? Well, I mean, now that we're playing in county, I feel like the likelihood of a win is pretty high, you know, irregardless of any uh, superstition, realistically speaking. Probably benefits from not playing top 10 teams anymore. That being said, it never hurts to have uh, extra good luck charms in the building, at least until uh, me and Martin can uh, get back in the stands to, uh, you know, get the boys going from the bench. I I I feel like they they they're they're missing you guys out on the on the courts on the bench. They they need you guys out there. But the, the energy levels, you know, that, that's where we, that's where we would always chip in. Right. And so they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a tough tough week again. They're gonna be on the road. So it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting next couple of days to tomorrow. They got Bergenfield. They got McNair, and then. The big, the big game, the other one circling the calendars against Harrison. So it's, it's going to be interesting before they come back home on Friday. So it's going to be an interesting week for those Mars as, as they still – six six games on the road, Jay? Is that right? Six games on the road? So it, it looks like – it looks right to me. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be a rough stretch. I mean, the barn is a place where, you know, prep has historically really thrived because it's, you know, kind of – not say a unique location, but it definitely has, you know, some degree of, uh, as in basketball, you know, you're packed in there. It's not exactly a, a spacious gym. You know, the, the stands are right behind the net, you know, at least in on the side and behind either, either side of the net, you, you know, you're packed in there. So for basketball, it really gives you, you know, an intimate sense of atmosphere at the barn. A volleyball, my belief is that the, the, that the same thing applies, you know, with the fans so close to the, the action with, you know, everybody kind of so cramped in together, you know, it's easy to keep the noise in. It's easy to create a home, 
home environment. And when you practice there every day, you know, it, it's very easy to, you know, gain a certain knowledge of, you know, how the ball is going to react to being, you know, hit in a certain area, you know, with the roof and whatnot, obviously the Oskies as they're, they're called in the profession. So it's, it's a big benefit to just know that there's the certain physics of the ball in certain areas of the, the gym and it's something you lose when you go on the road to not only be not have that advantage, but you're now also playing against a team that does know certain things about, you know, the way the ball will be played in certain instances. So it's going to be rough for sure. But, you know, this prep team showed on Saturday with the win over Matunch, and they're capable of going on the road and getting a win. They're capable of, you know, showing out against a top team in their house and, you know, coming out with a victory. So uh, I, I think it's not something the team's going to be scared of heading forward. So, Chris, talk to us about the tennis squad. How did they do to open up their, their season? Well, they had a pretty interesting start to their year with two in-county matchups to start. Earlier this week on the 19th, they would battle McNair to a 4-1 win. Anthony Morty would win in singles, 6-2, 6-3. Anthony Chrysikos would also win in singles, 7-6 and 6-2. Jack Brousseau and Jeremy Camber would win 6-3, 6-3. Andrew Lee was the lone loss in this, but he would take Rahul Malavar to three sets and lose in the third set, 8-6 and 8-6. Uh, so that was an interesting start to their season, and they kept it rolling against North Bergen with another win, this time a sweep, 5 nothing. Morty with a 7-6, 7-4, 6-3 win. Chrissy Coase with a 6-0 shutout and a 6-4 win in the second set, and then the rest of the bouts were forfeited, and then they would go up against North Bergen, and it was a very rough outing for them. 5-0 loss, a clean sweep. They would take... A couple set here and there, but ultimately Bergen was pretty dominant in that one. So they are now at two and one in the season. It's a strong start. They end up losing a tough one to tough opposition, but reason to be excited, especially in the county at two and one. And if you want to keep up with the SPP tennis program, follow them on Instagram at SPP tennis for any updates about the program and updates about, you know, all things prep tennis. I mean, that, that, that that's a great starting count. I mean, we, we, we talked about, you know, the big matchup against Bayonne is coming up in, 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 in like two weeks or so. So to, to have a good start, 9-1 nine, nine and one against the county opponents in the first two matches, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, you know. Again, shout out to all the guys on the tennis team, Anthony Murray, the Anthony Christikos, who are both on to the preview, Emma Wilson, Gerald DeRocluse, Jack Brousseau, Jeremy Camber. Shout out to those guys. And let's talk about the outdoor track team this week. The track guys went to the Matucha Relays on Saturday. And there were a lot of great results out there. Joey Marone, he got first place in the 400 meter hurdles. The 4x100 relay team got third place. The 4x200 relay team got third as well. And the 4x800 relay team got first place. So great job by those guys. If you're on the relay teams, I apologize for not recognizing you. The, the Miles Play website did not give me. Any names who were on those relay teams? So I apologize. But in the discus, Javelin, and Shopper, they were competed by Nick Chapello, Eric Perez, and Jack Moran. And each of them was between 20th and 30th places in the category. So, so great job by those guys this week. And for more track and field updates, follow at SPP underscore XCTF on both Twitter and Instagram. So, Jay, what, what happened to Crew this week? Do we know what's going on with Crew? Not much, you know, to be totally honest. The only regatta is in Philly this week, you know, once again at the Manny Flick. 
but we don't really have results yet. So uh, tune into at Marauder Rowing on Instagram for the live stream and other updates because we don't really have anything we can give you at this time. And last but not least, we had the baseball squad. They have four games to open up their season. On Monday, the game that nobody wants to talk about, they lost 5 nothing to Gil St. Bernard. One hit, complete game shutout. Not complete game. I think it was just regular seven innings. I don't think the pitcher did a complete game. But one hit only on offense. That hit was by Ryan Rapinski. And the, 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 the solid note for the Marauders in this one was that Nick Rapper in relief had three and a two-thirds innings pitched, one run allowed in relief by Nick Rappa. So great job by him. Tough start for the Marauders, but they go back on the road against Ramapo on Tuesday, and they had a 6-2 victory to go to 1-1. Ryan King with a two-RBI single. Ellis Reed. His first varsity home run, two-run shot. Also the class president now for student council next year. So shout out to LSV for that. And Ryan Ritzpinski would start off fantastically. Five innings pitch, one hit, one run, four strikeouts. And Raul Cortina's in relief, two innings pitch, two hits, one run, three strikeouts. Great job by the pitchers out there. And then, guys, we talk about... <laughs> Probably the worst display of baseball I've seen in terms of opposition for prep because it was a 24-0 beatdown to McNeil in which the Marauders scored, I repeat, 17 runs in the first inning. Yes, 17 runs in the first inning. The mercy rule only applies after five innings. So that's when the game was over after five. Makai Moore had his first varsity victory. He pitched two innings, no hits, no runs, four strikeouts. Matt Corwin and Landon Paradigm both homered. Matt had his first varsity home run as well in this one. And Ryan Rizpinski also had three RBIs in the designated hitter spot as well. So great, great week by Ryan so far. And last but not least, they went to Old Japan on Saturday. The offense broke out again in this one. They won 11-6. Ryan King with his first home run of the season, a 2-1 blast to start the game. Matt Corwin, Jack O'Donnell both went two for four, two RBIs. Owen Fletcher behind the dish with an RBI double. And then the big story of relief, Connor Barker McElroy had 1.2 innings pitch, one hit, and two strikeouts. So your Marauders are now 3-1 on the season. And as always, follow at SPP Baseball on Twitter for all of your baseball updates. Now, Jay and Chris, what do we got in eSports this week? All quiet on the Western Front, so you know what that means. We get to parade around for another week and say that we have the best esports team in New Jersey. Now, I am willing to expand the brand here because until we discover other esports programs, which we haven't, we are going to claim a national title. That is that is what I'm. This is what I'm putting putting out into the world right now. We want IMG Academy. We right want. Now, that's we a want challenge. We want IMG Esports to rock up on Rocket League, see what they have against our guys. Three on three, the best of the best in the business. We're tired of hearing about these super schools, these super athlete schools, and all these schools that are supposed to be so good at every sport. We know what we're good at. We are a super school. 
we are one of the most dominant esport programs, if not the most dominant esport programs in this nation. We are Definitely tired of the Mickey Mouse state. New Jersey competition, to be totally. We're honest. exhausted of it. We've uh, we've beaten Completed Summit High it. School and Summit High School. What is left for us to do? We've beaten the same team twice. Well, well, guys, there, there's going to be someone that's going to be very important coming on next week that could hopefully settle this debate once and for all. What debate but, is there? There's no there's debate. Two wins and no losses. Uh, two wins, no losses. Uh, there's, going to, there's going to be someone next week that will, that will settle this debate once and for all. Okay, so that's so good. I'm, 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 I'm confused as to what the debate is. The there is he this, is he is correct. There is no debate. There but, is no debate, but, but but we need we need the the uh, the experts. we need yeah we need the we need the experts in on this because you and me just screaming at people correctly that we are the best esports team in the nation. Is you know it's not going to get us anywhere. We need a less biased source. Before we close, I would like to make one more call to action to get the NJI SSA to sanction this because we cannot stream it on D1 Media Pro until the NJI also SSA true. sanctions this. Also true. So once again, I am not not encouraging you to contact NJISSA.com/contact, but I am going to disclose that should you choose on your own accord to do that and not with my persuasion that you should be respectful and honor the fact that this institution is not run by a bunch of screaming idiots like we are and you should be polite and respectful in your discourse with them ask nicely and maybe it will get done yes or don't ask i mean again this is a win-win for us we are currently the only esports team that i know of so you know there's no gain there's no gain for us unless we want to really test ourselves and show our might. But, you know, we'll see where that gets us. In any event, we don't want to take the program totally off the rails this week, especially since, again, there's no esports matchup to speak of. So we'll just turn it back over to my friend and yours, Mr. Rodriguez, to wrap this thing up and get us primed for the return. The return of the big man. The return of the big man, indeed. So, as always, make sure you follow at SPP Esports on Instagram. All right, all the contact information is there. If you want to join the club, if you want to know more about the esports prep community, follow at SPP Esports for all of your esports updates. Also, follow Jay and Chris too on social medias. They they always like to vent about esports, so follow them on there as well. So, for the matches of the week, since the schedule is always changing. Always check out the Hudson County League website for any updates. And again, since it's spring spring sports edition, we have too much to talk about. I'm not going to waste anybody's time talking about the matchups. Just check out the Hudson County League website for all your updates. And as always, we're going to wish all the prep athletes good luck this week. And that that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Be sure to spread the word of the State of Morales podcast. By sharing our social media profile at SOT Murders on Twitter and Instagram and even Facebook. Okay. If you have all three accounts, join us on all three. We the more the more the merrier. So continue to check those out for all of your latest updates with your marauders. And as Chris mentioned before, we bid adieu. We're gonna close this week's episode by presenting to you the big man himself has returned. As we present this week's edition of the AD's Corner. See you all next week, and as always, let's go prep. This is Rich Hansen, Prep's Athletic Director. Tune in to my segment on the State of Marauders podcast, The Athletic Director's Corner, 
for all things prep athletics. Insights, updates, scoops coming your way. Welcome to the AD's Corner, sponsored by the Tona Bene Group. They provide leadership solutions for nonprofit organizations, as well as professional fundraising, executive solutions, and sales for New Jersey businesses. For more information, call 201-932-0100 today. That's 201-932-0100. Hello, everyone. I am Renato Rodriguez. I am joined once again by the current athletic director, Rich Hansen. Rich, how are you feeling this week, buddy? Feel great, Renato. Good to be with you. So this week we brought in rugby head coach Mike Fletcher, senior Eli Blumenfeld, and track head coach Chris Caulfield of the class of 2003 to discuss the rugby and outdoor track seasons as those guys are getting on the way with their seasons. So what are your expectations for these programs this spring? Track has got a, you know, a great a great history and strong culture, and, and Chris does such a good job. <clears throat> Chris and his staff do such a good job with those guys. So, you know, I know we have we had some personal records yesterday, so I know they got they're getting off to a really good start, and you know, looking for great things from them. Rugby, we just don't know. You know, I mean, I know the numbers are a little skewed this year because of the pandemic, and if there's one sport where you re- need to have some numbers. It's rugby because, you know, you're guaranteed three, three, four, five injuries a week. So today they, they have their opener at 1 o'clock. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm sure they'll play hard, and, and uh, hopefully we can, uh, we can improve as the season goes on. So let's talk about the conclusion of the wrestling season yesterday. Pat Adams, Sean Wendero went down to Phillipsburg to compete for the individual state glory. Pat cannot make it quite into the podium. But Sean finished fourth at 132 pounds in the state. So, so what do you think of their accomplishments this season and the career that they both had at Grand and Warren? And it done a lot for prep, obviously. Pat won his, won his 100th match last week. Obviously, that's a great achievement. It'll go up on the board, up on the banner. Sean as well. You know, Sean has, has been a consistent four-year performer for us. So, it wasn't Atlantic City, but it was the equivalent of. And given the year and all the distractions and all the issues, it was a minor miracle that wrestling was able to sustain a schedule and not be, not have to go on pause. Tribute to Coach Verdi and the staff of, you know, really sticking with the game plan and and implementing, you know, the various protocols we put in place. The kids were great. The parents were great in supporting it. So good to see Sean and Pat down there, and, and sure they feel like it was all worth it. You know, to get to that point in your in your in your senior year and to get down there and Phillipsburg is a good venue, and I'm happy the state was able to usher the state playoffs and an individual tournament through. So it's great for the kids. So we had spring sports finally open up this week, and you and I are both excited to see all these programs back in action after a two-year hiatus without spring programs. Since we had so many teams in action this week. Summarize for the fans out there the highlights for our Marauders this week. Well, I think baseball, after an opening season loss to Gill, who's a very good team, found an attraction, won three in a row. You know, I think we always expect baseball to be very competitive. And 
you know, this year should be no different. We are a little young. One thing about all of spring sports is because we missed spring last year, just don't know what to expect. You know, it's a whole year of development that's that's kind of put by the wayside. So, you know, it's good to see baseball find some traction. Lacrosse came back on Friday after a 14-day pause. So, you know, hopefully we'll open up this week, and hopefully those guys are excited to be back, excited to get going. You know, volleyball's uh, opening day win in the county. And, uh, and then went outside and lost a couple close ones, a very competitive matches against very good teams. But those are the things we have to do. We have to go play up. We have to play good competition. We have to, you know, get out of our county schedule and play teams that are, you know, at our level or, or beyond us because we strive to be that. So the record might not, the records might not be terrific early, but I think as the season goes on, you'll see us develop as you know an athletic program and teams within it to be very competitive and hopefully you know hit a great stride for the playoffs county and state and that's what it, that's what it should be about and as you mentioned the volleyball team did have a tough couple games but they they rebounded yesterday with a, a big win over the number three ranked st joe's metuchen we had golf and tennis with with their victories over don bosco and I believe McNair. Yeah, they beat McNair, and then they went up and took care of North Bergen. So, but then again, you know, we got to get out of the county. We got to get some really good competition in tennis. We have some good out of out of county matches. So we'll see. I think I think, you know, we we should be able to hold our own and and win some of those. But the bigger the bigger picture is we're going to progress and get better. And the volleyball the volleyball match that you just mentioned was was awesome. I think a product of being able to play, you know, play up and play good competition in matches two and three, you know. And so a lot of good things by the spring programs out there. So with the, the last spring's program, as you mentioned, the lacrosse team starting to open up this week after their two weeks of quarantine. What else can the fans expect to see on the docket this week at Grand and Warren? What do we got going on this week? Well, we have, let's see, we have baseball, big baseball game, I think. You know, Hudson Catholic is always, always gets the blood flowing a little bit. So that game is tomorrow night at Caven. And, you know, that's a big game for us because they're pretty good and we're young and, and we're on a little bit of a roll. So it's important to continue to play better, continue to keep people healthy. I was in the training room the other day and it was filled with baseball players with arms and lower wow. backs and shoulders. So. You know, kudos to Joe Lasella and Caprice James for tending to those guys. But we have to stay healthy and have to get going. Volleyball will be home. Golf has a couple of big matches. You know, lacrosse will open up and hopefully, you know, get uh, get some of the – we're behind the eight ball now. We lost two weeks. But uh, so did some of the teams we're going to be playing, you know, that, that we've rescheduled. So, I, as I've told the lacrosse guys, nobody cares. Nobody cares we were down. All, all, people only care that we're playing well and we're playing hard and – and we're improving. So I think you'll see a great effort from the lacrosse guys this week. And, you know, I forget the lower levels. We have some really good lower-level games in, in uh, freshman and JV baseball. Everything's on a schedule. I will, you know, remind the fans that everything is, is tentative given the this COVID world. So we update stuff and we we make changes minute to minute, but everything will be is updated on the website and on the schedule. And last but not least, you know, we got the volleyball team that's taking on Harrison. Again, big, big county game. They were, that's a rematch of the county finals two years ago. 
what are your expectations for this game for the Mars? You know, they, they had a couple, you know, tough losses to West Milford. They also lost to Millsborough, and then they rebounded yesterday. So, so what what do you think the Morris could do to defeat Harrison in this one? Harrison's always tough. You know, they're not in the league, but they're in the county. And as you said two years ago, we had a great match against them in the finals. They're always good. Volleyball is one of their their marquee sports. You know, and Kim does a great job out there as AD. And we, you know, we have a workout out for us, but. Hopefully yesterday will serve as a great springboard, good confidence builder. And, and again, you know, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. They have to – we're playing good competition. We're playing really good schools on purpose. And combined now with the county schedule and the big pictures, this team is going to improve as the season goes on. Certainly have the tools. You know, I, get to, I got to watch them a couple times, and they definitely have some skill set. And, and Coach Stewart and the staff do a great job. So I think, you know, two, three weeks from now, uh, we should be able to look back on our schedule and say it really prepared us, and that's the goal. So it's a big step in that direction against Harrison. And that was the legendary former football head coach and current athletic director, Rich Hansen. Rich, thank you once again for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Go prep. This is senior golfer Titus Cook. And you're listening to the State of the Marauders podcast, sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state for high school sports.